Hello everybody and welcome to our first episode back from quarantine with the recent NBA news and it being back in full swing we are excited to bring you another episode of the pick and roll NBA podcast hope you enjoy Hello, everybody, and welcome to the first edition in a long time to the Pick and Roll NBA podcast. It's the first time doing it from Vegas, so that's super exciting. And today we have our co-host, Eric Holmes. He's back with us. Eric, how are you doing? I'm good, Perry. Just excited to get some real NBA news. Yeah, for real. It's been an exciting week, for sure. Except for Kyrie. Yeah, yeah. Um, Eric, and we, ha- we also have another special guest today. Eric, you want to introduce uh, who we got joining us today? Yeah, so we got my buddy, longtime best friend, Murphy Butte, and his little brother, Liam Butte. They're both basketball players. They, Murphy, explain a little bit about what you do with, with WSU basketball. And, and Liam, talk about your experience on the uh, championship, state championship basketball team. Um, well, first of all, thanks for having me, you guys. Uh, but so I do, I do some basketball training. Um, I've got to work with the Cougs in the past. Um, one of the guys I've got to work with is Robert Franks, and he's currently um, on the Kings G League team. Um, and uh, now I do a bunch of training with some high school athletes. I work with my little brother um, sometimes. I've, I've worked with Anton Watson at, at Gonzaga a little bit. Um, and then my little brother, Liam, I'll let him introduce himself. Uh, yeah, I'm Liam. I play for Gonzaga Prep High School in uh, Spokane, Washington. Uh, you know, we're a pretty good team. We got some good <laughs> I like the confidence. That's awesome. <laughs> well, thank you so much, uh, both of you guys, for joining us today. And uh, I guess just one question for you, Murphy, is um, when you do your trainings, I mean – Obviously, we see even in the NBA world right now that uh, one-on-one training, getting your guy who's your trainer is a big deal. And uh, it's all about those individual workouts. I guess for you, uh, what what kind of do you focus on? Does it change uh, with the type of players that you're training? Or is there one thing that you really like to, like to nail with every kid that you train? Um, kind of tell us how that is. Um, no, that's a great question. Uh, I, I'm going to give all my credit. You know, I've learned a lot from like my mentor, his name's Stevie Sprayregan. Um, and when I, I called him, you know, a couple years back asking that same question and he was like, the biggest thing, man, is keep it simple. Keep it game. Like, um, that's his rule for all his training. And I, I totally believe in it. Like I'm a total advocate for it because, um, you know, sometimes you see trainers doing some kind of crazy stuff, uh, that you're like, you know, it doesn't really translate to a floor. Um, and, and that's the whole purpose of training is you want it to translate. So um, depending on the player, uh, you know, I, I definitely work on like your niche, right? So like Robert Franks was a great shooter. That's what he's known for. That's what he'll be in the league for. Um, so we're going to do a lot of shooting with you. Um, if you're a great slasher, we're going to work on different moves to get you the rim. If you're a great finisher, right, we'll do a lot of finishing, putting it off the glass at different angles. Um, so it kind of depends on the player you are. Um, and then we'll obviously round you out as a basketball player. If you don't have really good handles, we'll work on that. Or if your jumper needs a little tweaking. Um, but the biggest thing I do is try to keep everything game-like, keep it simple. And, like, you know, uh, I heard a story about Kobe Bryant spending an hour, you know, just doing one move. And, I like, there will be times where even with Liam, like, this past year, my, my big thing was I wanted him to have three moves. 
And if you stopped his first move, the second move set you up so he'd beat you with the second move. And the third move would beat you if you played the second move, right? And then he would just – and you just master those three moves. So keep it simple and, and rep those moves so you're a pro at it. That's, that's my best advice there with training. I love that so much because I, I feel like, uh, you know, sometimes we see those trainers and I've worked with trainers where I just go and I'm doing this crazy stuff with like ball handling and, and things like that, you know, with the, with the work gloves on and dribbling with tennis balls and stuff. And it's like, all right, like this is cool. I feel like, you know, it's pretty cool that I'm doing this, but how is this translating to the actual game? And I love I love how you said that. I guess for you, Liam, um, being in high school and, and being trained all the time, I love how you said that your brother, you know, gave you your three go-to moves. I guess for you, how, how do you take what you learn in the trainings and apply them to the actual game? Uh, I just take what I, like he teaches me and then I try to use it in practice, see what works, what I can do best. And then uh, eventually then just use it in the games and, Use against whoever I'm playing, and then like I just like to get a lot of reps, so I just have good muscle memory, and I don't gotta worry about thinking about it too much. It's just free flowing. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, as a as a player, how has it been during the the quarantine? Are you still keeping up with your uh, schedule pretty well, or how how's the communication with your team? And and I'm sure you're on a summer on the AAU circuit, but that's kind of out of the question right now. So kind of how's How's your schedule been with the quarantine? Uh, it's been all right. It's been a little tough just because, you know, you can't get into a gym. But uh, I've just been going outside, getting shots up, have some of my friends play like fives at the park and stuff. But, yeah, there's no summer camps or anything. So that's a little different from years past. Well, that's, that's awesome. That's great that you're still uh, making that effort. And it's, it's been a little bit of exciting news lately, especially in the NBA, uh, seeing that that the league's going to make a comeback in the end of July. Uh, Eric, what was your reaction when you saw, when you saw the news that the league was going to pick back up? Oh man, I was, I was pretty dang excited. I mean, right now I'm just like looking for some source of entertainment. I mean, we've all talked about the last dance together and first of all, shout out to John Stockton uh, filming his little section in the warehouse. That was pretty sick. That's like where all the Spokane kids grew up playing. But uh, but it was so it was like it's it was nice to have like basketball to talk about with other people, and to now like to have actual news come out where we're gonna have like a schedule here in a couple of days hopefully, if Kyrie doesn't get the players to bail, and <laughs> and then we're gonna be able to watch games here in a month or in a month and a half. So I'm excited for all that. Yeah. So just kind of to set the scene, if I guess if you've been living under a rock lately kind of the format of what's going to happen is uh obviously the nba is headed back to they're going to go to disney world in florida and um there's going to be 22 teams so the eight playoff teams from each conference and then the teams that are on the bubble uh for that eighth seed and they're going to have what is it eight regular season games yeah eight eight games each yeah, so eight games each, and then there's a play-in tournament for the eighth seed if there's a team that's four games, less than four games behind. And so, for example, if the uh, Grizzlies were the eighth seed and the Pelicans are three games behind, they would play 
a playing game. The Pelicans would have to win two, and the Grizzlies would have to win one. Uh, do you? So, I mean, we've been hearing Adam Silver talk about different ways to make the league more interesting and and ways they want to grow the league. And do you guys think the playoff, the play-in tournament, is a cool idea to use, especially with this? Yeah, I I think it's like a good time to test things to test things out, but like it's not the best time to uh, to like do a whole new format. I think if you're going to do a whole new format, you need to give them at least a season's notice. Like if they were trying to do the World Cup format or if they were trying to switch it from West versus East instead of just do one through 16. And so I think this is a, a good small adjustment, see how it works a little bit. And then that maybe they can use elements of it in the, in the next season with a little bit more notice. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with Eric. I think I think it's uh, something you have to give the players kind of a heads up about um, if you're going to change the format. Um, and, and so everyone knows kind of what's coming. But this is just because everything's been so crazy with COVID. Um, you know, they kind of have an excuse to fidget with it a little bit. And I think I think it'll make it a little more interesting. So I, I'm kind of excited for it. Um, but uh, I do think they need a little more time. So hopefully if they make those changes down the road, uh, they do it, you know, a couple years out in advance for the players. Yeah, I think this will just be a great little test run to see how it goes um, and how the players respond. So I guess from, from the decision that the NBA has made and starting back in the end of July, what teams do you think benefit from the, hiatus, from the couple month hiatus that we've had uh, is there is there any teams in particular that you think this has been really good for and they'll come back even stronger? And then on the flip side, is there any teams that this hurts? Yeah, I mean, I don't think it benefits anybody really. It's like so hard to not pick up a basketball or like not like be with your team for three months and then pick it up and be where you were. But I think it benefits teams that have less complex offenses and less complex defenses. So, like, someone like the Lakers, like, they just revolve around LeBron to run the offense. They can run pick and rolls with Anthony Davis and LeBron and be 100% okay and not have to run difficult sets where you have to, like, rely on chemistry and timing that you build up throughout the season because that's, like, all pretty much destroyed right now. And so to have a non-complex offense going back in, I think it gives the Lakers a pretty good advantage, especially they're being vet heavy. But so I'd say, like, the Lakers – the Clippers don't have a super complex offense. I mean, the Bucks rely on a three-point shooting a lot, so that'll be interesting to see if, like, they're thrown off at all. I don't know. So, like, a quick story. Murphy and I, we were in a summer league about a year ago, actually. Pretty, We were watching Liam in an AAU tournament in Vegas. And uh, um, Murphy and I, we, we were at uh, the Hornets game. And yeah, the Hornets game, yep. Yeah, and Murphy Murphy saw one of his, like, favorite trainers. And I was, like – he just, like, pointed at that dude, and he's, like, hey, you know that guy? And I was, like, no, who, who is that? <laughs> he's, like, hey, that's, uh, like, Dwayne Wade and Jimmy Butler's guy. His name's Remy Stanley. Remy Stanley, and he was, like, geeking out. But, I mean, uh, to have, like, these guys not be with their shooting coaches for three, three four months, I don't know. I, do you think that will affect them, Murph? Um, 
I think I do think uh, when you're at that level, a lot of those guys are just really about ball. Um, I think the toughest thing for them is going to be back into a game flow. I think I, I'm sure Steph's getting his shots up. You know, I, maybe not quite as much, but um, I think a game flow is going to be tough for them just because, you know, you haven't played five on five in, in I don't know how long now. Um, and then as far as, like, benefiting, I, I don't think it's going to benefit too many teams. Um, the only team I feel like it makes – I really did think that the Lakers coming into this season um, – and, and especially the way they were playing up until COVID hit, that they, they were really going to uh, be the favorites to win. Um, and I was, but I do feel like that break, and like you said, kind of that break in that tem- chemistry um, is going to be tough for them because I do feel like the Lakers' window to win a championship was, is a lot tighter than other teams just because LeBron's getting older. And I think if you push this a year back and this season didn't happen, I definitely – it makes me more nervous. I still think they're going to have to get past the Clippers – um, and, and I, they're definitely not a shoe in, but I think this really did hurt their, their run at it. And so it's, it's going to be definitely more impressive to me if they can still come out of it and, and win this, um, win this title. Yeah. I mean, I guess someone like the trailblazers where they can have like Nurkic and Collins come back, but like still they've come off an injury where they haven't played in months or, or years in Nurkic's case. And so like eight games to like, hopefully make it into the playoffs. I don't know how much that'll do for them. That's exactly what I was going to say is I think the one team that will benefit from this is going to be the Blazers because it's been their health, their health all season. That's kind of uh, hit them in the foot. And I think, I think Dame's going to come out just, you know, with some, he always has something to prove. He's always had a chip on his shoulder, but uh, especially fighting for that eighth spot. I think we're, I think one thing this is going to do since the chemistry is kind of off, is it's going to, we're going to see who the real like stars are um, because teams are going to be looking to their go-to guy to get them a bucket. And so, I mean, I think more than ever, these playoffs, you're going to see the the stars come out and really take over games. I yeah. Think. I mean, like an hour ago, I was just watching buzzer beaters and I mean, of course, like the three that you'll always see are Dames, Kawhi's and Dames again. And so like one against the Rockets and against the Thunder. And I would not want to see Dame in the playoff, like in a, in a loser go home situation. So I, I don't know. I, I think they have a pretty good chance, especially if Dame's going to be going so hard. Yeah. Uh, so do you, who do you guys think makes that eight spot in the West right now? Obviously, I think the Spurs are kind of out of the question right now because with Aldridge being out all of a sudden. Uh, so it's kind of between the the Pelicans and the – who is it, the Kings? The that Kings. For that. They were making a little bit of a run at the end of the season. Yeah. Yeah, the Kings, they did well. But do you guys think the, Grizz, the Grizzlies hold off for that spot or do you think um, Zion and the Pelicans kind of battle them out for that? Yeah, I mean, I think that the Grizzlies are going to hold it. I think that the the advantage they gave them was was pretty, um, like it was pretty just. They it seemed right that they had to only win one game instead of winning the two, coming from the ninth seed, because they had played sixty five, sixty six, sixty seven games, and so yeah, I think their their advantage was correct, and that 
they'll be able to squeeze it out. They're a good team. Especially yeah, no, they, I, yeah. You, oh, my bad, my bad. Um, no, I agree um, totally. I think that – I think Memphis is going to be able to hang on. Uh, I got a lot of faith in, in that team. I think they're young, um, but they definitely uh, made some moves last year with those uh, – their picks uh, in the draft. And so I think I think John and them are going to be able to hang on and, and take that eighth seed. Yeah, John Morant's quickly becoming one of my favorite players. In the Absolutely, league. I think I think uh, he is uh, one of the most exciting players I've seen, um, and I think I really he kind of reminds me of like a a young Allen Iverson. I think he I think he I think his career might be similar to Allen because he has so much athleticism, and when Allen was young, and he's a scoring guard, like he can he can score that basketball, and so. He's got a lot of athleticism now. I think as he gets older, he'll have to lean on, you know, some shooting like Allen did when he moved to the Nuggets because um, he won't have – just like Dwayne Wade, you know, it slowly fades as you get older. But, I mean, I think he's one of the most exciting guards, if not the most exciting guard in the league to watch right now. And yeah, I just want to say really quick, I don't think you can refer to Allen Iverson as just Allen Murphy. I don't think you know him like that. So, I'd appreciate if you didn't say Allen. Okay. <laughs> um, so, what do you – what do you guys think about the Jazz? Do you guys think they're kind of done at this point? Obviously, when Corona started, we we saw kind of the toll it took on Mitchell and Gobert. And Joe Ingles has been he's been saying that if they if the season comes back, he's just going to retire. So, do you like Eric? You're in Utah right now. Do you think the the Jazz are done for or? Oh, man. Yeah, there's, this season's pretty much like – I don't think Donovan and Rudy can carry him. And, um, Bogdanovich was such a big part of their team. Who knows if Ingles will come back to play. But, I, yeah, I don't – I would love to, for them to be on the Lakers side of the bracket. <laughs> yeah, for real. Uh, so, one of, one of the cool wrinkles that they're doing with this is – you know that you usually have that transaction window at the end of the season where you can get a free agent or uh, whoever you want for the playoffs. And it came out that first they were going to have a transaction window for this in a couple weeks for a week, and you could pick somebody up, but they had to have been on some type of contract this year. But now they've, they've made it to where you can sign anybody. Um, and so that means you can get – you know, a score off the bench like Jr. or Jamal Crawford. No, no, I was about to bring this up. Jamal Crawford should not be on an NBA team. I know. I was, Mur- about, to, I was about to counter that. I think. Oh, I think that's a huge Murphy. Up. Murphy I know Murphy and Perry love Jamal, but there's no way he's about to help somebody. He can't play I'm defense. That guy is just a is an absolute pure hooper, and he's like Lou Will. Like he's like Lou Williams. Okay, like that guy in a pinch. I, I, he could give a bucket to 90% of the league, in my opinion. That guy in a pinch, and I think if someone picks him up, that's someone that I'm saying maybe you don't use him all the time and maybe it disrupts chemistry, but if you need a bucket and you need another threat, I, I 100% think you put him out there. Um, and, and I think that's – but I do think that's a big uh, move I mean, they made, and I'm kind of excited. I'm hoping some teams make some plays because there's definitely some guys that have been out of the league that I don't believe should be out. I think, like, JR could make it back. I think maybe Swaggy P. I don't know, Liam, do you think do you Swaggy think Jamal's P over Jamal Crawford? Come on. Yes, Swaggy P over Jamal. What do you Crawford think, Liam? Jamal or Swaggy P. 
You take Jamal over Swaggy P? For sure. In his last <laughs> game, man, he scored 51 with the Suns. Like, come on, Eric. What, like, what what's not good about that to you? Now, you know? can't play defense. Half the league can't play defense. Yeah, like, man, that's a lot of them. <laughs> Bro, he's like, he's going to be out there with one of the worst defenders. He's going to be like a Rondo defender, just pure trash, horrible, a Trey Young's level. <laughs> I'm not saying you give him a lot of minutes. I'm saying, yeah, it's obviously a test run, but I'm saying if you use him right, I think he could be a, a very powerful tool. Especially in the Lakers' case, in my opinion, I think, I think uh, they need a little more offense and maybe a little more depth. Nah, I'd stay stick with Dion Waiters and, uh, <laughs> like, I mean, Dion Waiters isn't even gonna be seen much playing time anyway. LeBron's gonna start playing forty minutes a game. AD's gonna be start playing forty minutes a game. Like, if there's someone we should pick up, it should, we should drop Dwight if he's not gonna play and pick up Boogie again. Someone that like is already familiar with the team. I, I do I do think that they should pick up Boogie for sure. I think that's yeah. a no-brainer for them, especially yeah. with being with them. If they allow, like, the two uh, to have, like, 17 players and – well, 15 players and then two two-way contracts, I think you should, like, pick up Boogie. And just because he was, like, such – he still is such a part of the team. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I think that the – that the Lakers will – I mean, Jamal Crawford just shouldn't be an option for most teams. Well, I I think you just don't know what you're talking about with that point. And I think there's plenty <laughs> of teams I can – I'm right there with you. In the playoffs. Uh, I've seen Nate Robinson on Instagram. He's been in everybody's comment section saying that teams need to call him. <laughs> sure. I'd take, like, Joe Johnson from the, from the big three before Nate Robinson. Hey, Joe Johnson could be a pickup too. So the one, another big thing with that is, um, so obviously the players are going to get tested for coronavirus every day uh, and their families don't get to come until the first round of the playoffs. And they're really, they're really going to be strict with what, where the players go and can't go and who's coming in and who's coming out as the league should be at this point. Um, and, and I think it's, it's just going to happen at some point. There's going to be somebody that tests positive, one of the players. Uh, and they're going to have – if a player tests positive, they have to quarantine for 14 days. And so that's why it's super important, too, that in this transaction window that these teams, you know, pick that guy because if they wait till somebody gets coronavirus and they go to sign somebody new – that new player that comes in has to quarantine for seven days. So they couldn't even play those first couple games uh, when they sign them. So um, I guess, I guess that brings us to our next point is what do you guys think the games are going to be like? Cause we've seen that it's kind of going to be like a summer league style. You know, you got like three or four games a day uh, in a, in a smaller gym, really nobody there. Do you guys think this is really going to affect the way the players play, especially those type of players that feed off crowds? You know, you got like Marcus Smart and people like that. Uh, how, how do you think that's going to affect the players and, and the way they play? Um, I think that's a good question. I think it's going to be interesting uh, to watch um, and just kind of see, you know, it's totally a totally different look for sports with, you know, like no crowds. Um, 
I think I think it'll be kind of fun though, and I think the uh, what I'm really excited for is like hopefully you can see how competitive they are because I know all those guys are like I mean they're dogs right and they're I know they're all barking and, and talking to each other so uh, I'm really I feel like maybe it'll uh, pick up the intensity a little bit and it'll be uh, but I, I, it is going to be interesting to see how it affects players I haven't thought about that necessarily uh, but I, I am excited just to see I think how competitive I think it'll really uh, put a scope on that so that'll be fun. Yeah, I, that's that's kind of my number one request is that I want them to like mic the court somehow so that we can just hear players talking trash to each other. And that'd be so cool if they let the other players come and watch the game. So like courtside, you have like, you know, players talking crap, like you have Westbrook talking crap to Lillard when he's sitting like watching the game or something like that. That would just be so much fun to see that up close and personal. I know they're going to – they said that they're going to have, like, the announcers in Atlanta or L.A. calling the games uh, over the air. But I hope that they don't put in, like, the fake crowd noise. Like, I, I just want to hear, like you said, just the players. Cause, you I know, ca- yeah, I kind of want to hear the ball bounce and the, and the sneakers squeak and, and all that. I think that would be a cool detail that, like, we've never seen. And I don't know, maybe it changes in future settings uh, how we – how we, uh, you know, view the NBA and maybe, you know, like, I don't know, they always mess around with camera angles. Maybe they mess around with, like, miking, like you said, and stuff like that. I think it would be really fun. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, so with that, I guess, brings us to our last point is we don't even know if with, with all these dates that the NBA set, we don't even know for sure if these are all for sure dates yet. And we don't even know – for sure if they're going to actually keep the season going, especially with everything we've heard with Kyrie organizing the phone call with players speaking out, saying that they don't want to play right now because of everything that's going on in the, in the world and in our country. Uh, Eric, I guess kind of what's your opinion on that? I, I know I have my opinion, um, but, but yeah, what do you think about everything that's been going on this, this past week? Yeah, I mean, I don't mean to get, like, political, but I think Kyrie's stance is a little too narrow-minded because, first of all, like, if he's saying that taking this time off will help solve the problem, like, how long does he expect it to for it to take until it's solved? Like, is he going to keep on going? Is he just going to retire right now? Because I feel like it's not going to be solved within the year, hopefully within, I don't know, hopefully within the next five years, but... I mean, hopefully as soon as possible, but realistically, it's got to change over time. And so I think the best way to like to, is to have the whole world be watching them and give them the platform that they need. I mean, LeBron didn't participate in the call and he, he really wants to play and he really thinks that this will be the best opportunity for them to to speak their mind about how Black Lives Matter. Yeah, no, I think uh, I think. Um, I can appreciate what Kyrie's doing completely because, um, like, you know, I don't know what it's like to be him. Um, and, and I do appreciate the fact that, you know, he wants change and the, and the fact that he's willing to risk um, so much, you know, for that. Um, I do appreciate that. Um, I do. The other part of me, though, I, I think the core part of me is just saying, you know, it's been a tough year for a lot of people um, with COVID, uh, you know, like the economy, uh, lose, you know, losing jobs. It's been a tough, no sports, right? I just think, it would be a good thing for America um, to have the NBA back um, and just have something right that 
because 2020 hasn't been, you know, the most ideal year that I think we all thought it would be, you know. Um, and so I just think, it, it, like Eric said, maybe just a little narrow-minded, not, not that there shouldn't be change, but I also then think that they're, they're going to have the platform that they want um, to, to address the situation um, and make the comments they want to say. Um, just because everyone's going to be watching now. I mean, though that would be, you know, that's if the NBA is back, that's going to be the only thing to watch, right? That's going to be filling up all the hours on Sports Center and things like that. So um, I think I really do hope that the players decide to play. What do you think, Liam? Uh, yeah, I think, Sam, I think if they have that platform for people to watch them, they can uh, get like what they want out of it and they can uh, show what they believe in. Yeah. Yeah, I, to I 100% agree with you guys. Um, I, I don't think there would be anything better. I mean, especially since they're going to have to stay where they are, kind of like a campus environment. They could come up with so many great ideas with all of them there at once. And, and the whole world watching, like you said, I mean, there's going to be nothing else for us to watch. And so everybody's going to be tuning in. And I, like Eric said too, it's it's really unfortunate that this is still a problem in our country and I don't think a lot of us will ever realize the struggle um, of being African-American in, in our country and kind of the, the label that's put on you uh, when you're growing up. Uh, but but at the same time, these these athletes are our kids' heroes. You know, even though, even though we're white, we grew up idolizing Kobe Bryant. That's how me and Eric became friends is we both loved Kobe so much. And it's like without seeing, without seeing them, you know, play the game you love, you, you don't listen as closely and you don't follow them as much. And so I think I'm a little biased. I think Kyrie's doing this kind of because of the position the Nets are in. I don't, I, I agree with that too. I do wonder I about that sometimes. That, but I think like, he already knew that they weren't going to go anywhere anyways. But that's why I think, like, that's why I think that LeBron isn't saying anything. Is He's saying, I can do both. I can win a championship and I can still create change. And that's what I think should happen. I, I respect no, I everyone's agree. decision to stay, to stay in or stay out of Orlando. Um, I respect if they want to go because of personal reasons that they feel like they have a better platform away from Orlando. But I also feel like um, Kyrie might be – he's the VP of the Players Association. And so he might be saying these things to gain leverage in negotiations. Um, also, like, if they don't play, like, there goes the entire uh, CBA, the collective bargaining agreement. They have to throw that out the window. And I think, like, that wouldn't be a good thing for NBA players in the future. Um, not playing would obviously – all cut into their paychecks and this is the time where they make the most money in their lives and so like what what there's so much good that they can do with their money that they make and so yeah I just I think that that there's so many benefits to going to Orlando and being able to speak after every game you can get someone to speak about it you can you know instead of like it just being a distraction it can also be a, a great benefit exactly and I think the NBA has been the best sports league professional sports league to create positive change and they let their players have a voice and uh, i just love what murphy said you know this year has sucked like there's not there's really been nothing good uh coming from this year yet and so 
if there's one thing about sports is that it, it brings people together. Um, either you're all rooting for the same people or you're rooting against the same person. So either way, it brings, it brings people together. So hopefully um, this exciting news that we got about the NBA coming back stays intact. And uh, next month, at the end of next month, we're, we're back in full swing of things with the NBA. Um, we we got to go, our time's up, but I guess the last question I want to ask all three of you guys is you, with your gut feeling right now, before we get any more information or before the schedule even comes out or the seating, who do you guys have uh, winning it this year? Eric, we'll start with you. We know, we already know. <laughs> Yeah, I'm ride or die with my boys. Lakers, they, they got a good vet squad. They got LeBron James, the best player in the world. He was showing that right before the season was postponed. And uh, they're just, they got good momentum. They have uh, the right coaching staff. I think that they got all the right things going for them. All right. Murphy? No, I, I agree. I don't want to sound like a broken record, but – I think uh, I think the city uh, L.A. is on LeBron's shoulders right now, and he knows that, especially with Kobe passing away. Um, and I, I think he's going to do nothing but show us uh, who he is in these playoffs, and I think he's just going to make it happen. If he's never done it before, he's going to do this year. Yeah, I think I think LeBron's on a mission, and uh, I don't think I don't think he's going to give up, and I think uh, he's going to bring home the trophy for L.A. Uh, I mean, I. I agree with all three of you guys. <laughs> but, I mean, obviously we all know the hurt, the big hurdle is going to be the Clippers. And I think they're just as scary as anybody, especially with playoff basketball. When it gets down to it, you have Kawhi and, and PG and Patrick Beverly guarding on the wing. I mean, that's scary for anyone. So I think, yeah, I think this that matchup's going to tell me whether, for me personally, if the league is – Kawhi's or if it's LeBron's because I'm I'm a little bit in the debate and if I think if Kawhi knocks off LeBron then I will give the uh the nod to Kawhi but until then I still I still err on the side of LeBron James yeah yeah that will be that will be so fun uh when they match up it's what we've been waiting for all year well thank you guys so much again for uh being on and uh, we're so grateful that we're able to get back on the pod and that the NBA is coming back. So we will see you guys soon. Washed King, baby. Washed King. Thank you guys for having us. Thank you.